0: Hello, everybody welcome to the high quality fun podcast today we have jordan on um jordan and i we went to the same college but didn't act- actually overlap with each other at all um, i graduated and then he joined we were both in the same fraternity and just through that me visiting i got a chance to meet him and i don't know we didn't we didn't really hang out much in those visits but uh we became friends online and i've seen a lot of the stuff that jordan's been doing throughout the years and I think he's living a pretty high quality life. So I wanted to bring him on and share a little bit about himself and some of the things that he's gone through. Uh, Jordan, how are you doing today?
1: Oh, fantastic. It's a good Wednesday. How are you? <laughs> Sounds like you uh,
0: you got a nice pump in. You got a nice workout in before coming on here. So hopefully yeah, you're boy. feeling good and refreshed.
1: Wide awake for now. Hell yeah.
0: Um, yeah, so the where I wanted to start off with this is, um, we were kind of talking a little bit before the show and you were telling us about your, how you got out to Utah. I thought right off the bat, that was a pretty good story. And, and very much fit what we're trying to talk about here. So if you can just tell us how you went from Michigan all the way out to Utah and why you moved out there.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I'm from Wisconsin originally, so I'm very family oriented and I went to Michigan tech for college. And after college, I was thinking, um, or my last semester of college, I was thinking I'd move back to Wisconsin and be near my family and be real close to everyone. Um, After, when my grandparents passed away, um, the rest of my family was all in good health. And I was like, you know what? I'm young, I'm single. Now's my chance to move out west and and enjoy my time and everything I have to offer here. So um, applied to a bunch of jobs out west between Colorado, Utah, um, Oregon, a couple other states and got the best offer from utah um my job that i have is like the center of the state it's right near a city called richfield utah so it's like two and a half hours away okay. from national parks um moab and all the ski resorts up near salt lake city i so, see the snowboard right in the background so oh yeah i yeah yeah i forgot about that it's almost season i'm I'm excited it's almost snowboard season we got snow on the mountains it's it's gonna be a good year when do they uh, normally open out there depends on how much snow we get okay. last year with how much snow we got they had some people skiing in uh the end of october uh, okay. middle to end of october i should say so right about now Maybe actually. Right now. yeah we're
0: recording this at the end of october so if you're uh listening <laughs> yeah Right. Yeah,
1: um, so moved out west here and couldn't be happier. It's absolutely fantastic out here. It's everything I like to do: um, snowboarding, hiking, off-roading, um, a little bit of rock climbing here and there. Obviously, I think I said snowboarding, but um, yeah, it's just fantastic. Met a lot of cool people out here, done a lot of cool things. Um, if I don't go on an adventure at least once a month, I'm kind of upset with myself because. You know i live in such a beautiful state now why would i not take the opportunity to explore
0: yeah and did you know anybody out there when you like you took this job blind uh did you have a place to live did you know anybody um <laughs> that's quite a haul to get from from wisconsin out there so were you moving out with like a a trailer full of all your stuff or what
1: um so when I first accepted the job offer here, they offered me a chance to or before I accepted, I should say they offered me a chance to come out and physically see the place and like take a tour um, and kind of get the feel for what I was getting out here for and what what to expect. I'll I'll tell you one thing though, they hadn't I was climbing up a few flights of stairs to kind of explore the plant and whatnot. I was out of breath. (laughs) It was bad like the the elevation where uh, my plant is is just about 56 5700 feet so we're at a mile high just just where i work and where i live so me being from the midwest at like 800 to a thousand feet i was you know i was tired but you know i thought i was in shape i thought i was good anyway um i had one buddy that lives in ogden utah he's like three and a half hours north of me now um he's been out here or he moved out here like semester a year before me Um, he graduated this semester before me so I knew him but other than that I didn't know anyone the only people I interacted with was my (laughs) my boss and the managers over the phone for the phone interview and after that nobody so moving out here um, was an absolute nightmare at first I I looked for weeks to try and find a place to live to rent um, thought about buying a house, couldn't afford a house. You know, I'm, I got no money for that right out of college, but, um, I got to the point where it was like two weeks away from me supposed to be start or me supposed to be moving out here. And I was worried I was going to have to rent like a, a, pop-up camper sort of thing to, to live out of for a couple of weeks until I could find a place to rent or whatever. But luckily I, I found a, Cheap apartment to get me into for a little bit. Um, packed up a you know, 20 foot U-Haul, 24 foot U-Haul, something like that. Uh, towed my Jeep behind it. Took my motorcycle with. Um, said goodbye to my parents. My mom cried. I cried. You know, it's it's sad moving away from the family, but um, moved drove out here. Took me like 26, 20, 24, 26 hours to get out here, roughly. So that was a long haul, like a two-day journey for me. Um, yeah, got in on a Friday night, unpacked a bunch of my big stuff or small stuff that I could do by myself, um, and that buddy that I had, he drove down from Ogden to hang out and help me move, like the bigger stuff that I can't do because I didn't know anyone. Um, it's like, hey, can you come help me take my bed frame in, or you know, stuff like that. Right. So. The the day they came down to help me move that big stuff in, um, like I said, I had a Jeep I pulled out there on the U-Haul trailer. We took it up on the the mountain, the little bit of mountains behind our place, and did a little bit of light wheeling. Um, thought it was going to be some light wheeling. Um, went on some obstacles that were a little sketchy for my stock Jeep Grand Cherokee, but you know I kind of powered through a few of them. And I got to the point where and I
0: assume this is just like a college jeep, you know, something you limp through college. Yeah. yeah, nothing, nothing souped up with that. Nothing, that nothing special. Money. Nothing,
1: nothing like the the Utah wheeling jeeps and jeep Moab that you see on videos and pictures all the time. Like, no, no, this is like stock. I don't know, thirty inch tires, or it's not on forty inches like the big wheelers are. So not clearing any big obstacles. Anyway, we we're we we're driving on a, a trail right behind my house and um, started overheating my engine and I was trying to coast downhill. I tried shutting it off, letting it, or tried to let it cool down for a minute and it wasn't cooling down. So I tried coasting down the hill to my house with no power steering and minimal brakes on a rocky rough road. Not my smartest decision anyway. So I blew the motor in my Jeep, my first day out here. Um <laughs> That was a that was a hard time for me, you know. Didn't know anyone. Didn't know what was going on. Um, no, no vehicle other than my motorcycle. So I'm I'm lucky. I at least have my motorcycle. But man, that was, my like, next that was what to get to work. Man. what was that?
0: That was gonna be my next question.
1: What'd you do to get to work? But it sounds like you just rode that until you got it fixed. Uh no, um, <laughs> I I rode my motorcycle for, well. I rode my motorcycle for probably a month or two. Yeah. About a month. Um, I ended up needing a new rear tire. So I got to the point where my, I was driving my motorcycle so much. I had a, my first weekend out here, I drove to Elko Nevada to hang out with some friends that I knew that lived there, which is a six to eight hour drive on my motorcycle. So I put a bunch of miles on, I came home, had to work for a couple of weeks and then I realized my cords were showing on my rear tire Oh god. Um so <laughs> I went up north and started looking at vehicles cuz I didn't want to repair my Jeep. I thought it would be too expensive to repair it, so I was like, I right, let's go buy a new vehicle. That's a smart option here. Yeah. So I uh I bought a forerunner Runner instead of fixing my Jeep, which probably would have cost me 3 to 5 grand max. Now I'm I'm, you know, $50,000 into a brand new vehicle, but hey, hey <laughs> living the american dream right now
0: <laughs> i love it yeah that sounds like a, a rocky start to get the hell out there and oh my god uh i mean how so how are you liking it now that was uh how
1: many years ago uh that was june of 2021 yeah i moved out here in the middle of june so just over two years almost two and a half years sort of thing um haven't looked back i have absolutely zero regrets moving out here I'm having the time of my life, whether I'm by myself, I I met a lot of cool people through work. Um, A bunch of Michigan tech people actually live up near Salt Lake and Ogden. Um, So I've hung out with quite a them or hung out with them quite a bit. So um, I feel right at home, met a lot of cool people. Like I said, done a lot of cool things. Uh, Yeah, it's just a constant adventure for me. If I'm not feeling like a lazy weekend, then I'll be out adventuring. Which doesn't happen very often. I, most of my weekends are adventures. I don't get lazy. I, my, me being lazy is uh, staying home and having a glass of whiskey. That's that's about it. I don't. I don't. That's not. That's not much. That's not very often for me.
0: I love it. Do you? Did you? Are a lot of your friends that you met in the area? Are you still driving quite a ways to meet up with them for all this stuff?
1: Um, the ones, the ones that I have here, like in Richfield, um, they're you know, 10 minutes away from me. So I'm not driving far for them. Um, But a lot of the ones that I knew from Michigan tech, they're three to three and a half hours away. Um, So I only get to see them once a month, every other month, something like that. So not very often, which is kind of unfortunate, but we've made it to a point where we see each other quite a bit. Like in the winter, I see them almost every single weekend or every other weekend going snowboarding. Um, We spend, a lot of time on the mountains in the winter which is how i got so many miles on my vehicle in just two years um but they come down here to hang out every once in a while um we we have a trip that we've been doing over the past year we're going to do our next section of it next weekend actually which i'm stoked about to finish but it's a like an 800 mile journey from northern utah to southern utah on primarily off-road trails so wow
0: that's really cool yeah.
1: So we're, we're about 600, 650 miles through total. And we're going to do our last 220 ish miles in a couple, in a week. So. Oh, you've
0: just been breaking it up then. You just chunk it out, get as far as you can, and then come back and start right off there. Yep. Are you There's, you're doing that? Are you uh, camping out of the vehicles?
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. We camp out of our vehicles. I've in the winter, we've slept in our tents with some heaters or just extra blankets um and then in the summer i've slept in my hammock 90 percent of the time because it's just so comfortable to sleep in a hammock um i have a out of our vehicles camping out of our vehicles um we got um i, I built a drawer system for my forerunner so i can have uh all my cooking supplies and utensils and then recovery gear so we have tables food stove everything we need and it's just it's a riot it's a good time that's th- to say the least that's that's what we do
0: that i guess before we go into that because i i actually want to hear more about that that uh that adventure that trip that you've been making um i have one funny hammock story that still cracks me up uh so i bought this double hammock and over holidays and christmas i ended up getting a rain fly and a bug net for it and it was a double hammock and I think it was Donald and Rachel's wedding. So, you know, oh, Donald yeah. and Rachel from college. Yep. Um, we didn't want to get a hotel because we were just for cheap and we went camping with like Aaron Bickle and uh, I'm trying to remember who camped with us. But anyways, we decided to, instead of doing the tent camping, we did the hammock camping, oh, which God. is just hilarious because you're in a double hammock and you know how, when you lay in a hammock, how you have to cuddle. You're just like one person. <laughs> yep. Like we got, we went to the wedding, you know, got plenty drunk, came back and just like clapped into each other in the hammock. And then in the middle of the night, I had to pee and you had to unzip the the bug net. You have to like, getting out of a hammock is never an elegant thing. So like, I'm, I'm still buzzed. I almost like pushed my hand off Chelsea's face to get out of the hammock so I could go to the bathroom and then fall back on her. Um, But yeah, that still cracks me up. But hammock camping is awesome. I did it for a bachelor party
1: by myself. Was much more comfortable. Um, I, yeah, yeah I well, like you said, sleeping in a hammock with two people is not comfortable. It's it's comfortable for a certain amount of time, but then you realize you're on top of each other, and there's no room to spread out like sleeping in a tent.
0: I don't know if it was the alcohol or or what, but we we you know synced into one body, and we were pretty comfortable for the night.
1: Yeah, it's probably the uh, alcohol, probably, probably.
0: <laughs> and then I'll, I'll like, I'll talk about this trip in more depth later in the podcast. But, uh, we did a truck camping where we, we did one where we drove to the UP and, and camped in all like uh state land. And then we did one where we lived out of the truck and drove across the entire United States for a month. And, uh, yeah, just like living out of the vehicle. That is, that is my jam. I love, I love hearing about people that do that.
1: Um, that was actually one of the things that i liked most about you guys like we talked here and there um when i first met you and everything but then you guys did that like cross-country road trip and everything and i was like that is super cool that is something i want to do someday and you guys you guys did that what out of the the back of your truck or something you had tent in your truck or something like that i went back and forth
0: did we get a trailer did we get a rooftop tent like what what do we decide and i i ultimately decided that i don't love the rooftop tent idea because you get you're stranded with your vehicle but we bought this 45 pound tent it comes in a duffel bag and it's the length of the truck bed and you literally just like pick this thing up drop it you unzip it and then two wings fold out you pull it up and it's it's set up and then you stake it so we got really good at, at popping that thing up tearing it down because almost every night we were you know, showing up at dark, setting up, enjoying the day or just like getting right back up to, to head out. And I see your dog in the background. We had a puppy at the time. Um, and the dog was teething or chewing on everything. So I didn't trust that the dog would be in the back seat, not destroying everything we had. So I took a uh, seat out of my truck, built a stage, put a kennel in it. And, uh, then the dog just like sat there, looked all cute while we drove the whole time. And, uh, it worked out great. The only thing that sucked is when we were in the parks, you can't bring the dogs with you. Yep. We went to places like Death Valley and we're like, OK, well, this dog will die if this AC is not running. So we ran the AC full blast. Thank God my car didn't blow up doing that. It was still a pretty new truck.
1: How hot, how hot was it when you went to Death Valley?
0: Oh, God, I don't even remember. I, I feel like it was it was at or over 100. Um, that truck was screaming. Yeah, um, amazing. but we had the dog so trained, uh, at the start. And by the end of that trip to love the truck that, uh, you know, we just leave it at the AC run and go on like a 10 minute hike, come right back. There's a dog happy as can be. Um, <laughs> and now when we go camping. So if the dog gets spooked by anything, it almost prefers to sleep in the truck instead of oh, our, really? our pop up or whatever. So, um, yeah, a little bit of tangent, this is definitely not about me. Uh, but
1: that's okay. I I like that. I I like hearing about it. That was one, like I said, I I enjoyed your cross country trip and hearing about stuff like that just makes me happy. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. And I think,
0: I mean, that's like when you and I have gone back and forth, because like I said, we didn't get to hang out in college, but it's been around these. eye opening things. Yeah. Was there anything that uh, stands out about this, this uh, off-road trail, 800 miles that you've been doing?
1: um well so we started it um i think we started it right before thanksgiving or a couple no it was in october no end of october beginning of november when we first started it last year um so we first started off we were going from it's bear lake utah which is like the farthest northeast corner and then we went down a little farther um we were doing a bunch of snow wheeling. There was like six to eight inches of snow on the ground already. Um, So it was, it was a lot of fun going through the snow. Um, That section, we didn't have any issues. We didn't have, you know, problems getting stuck in the snow. Actually, I lied. I did get stuck in the snow. I listened to one of my buddies, the buddy, my best friend that lives up in Ogden. And there was this part where it's like, you go down a little uh, ditch and then you have to go back up to get onto the, the hill on the side. So it's like a, three four foot ditch that you have to go down and to climb back up in there and being in a just a forerunner with a small lift kit on it it's not like i can flex and go haul haul ass through um you know this ditch and i was trying to go at an angle but i couldn't get up it and he's like dude just go straight forward go straight at it so i went straight at it slowly and i got stuck and i had to get pulled out because I just lost my whole rear suspension was just hanging in the air. So other than that, we didn't have any, have any issues with that trail. But, um, after, right after Thanksgiving, when I got back from Wisconsin, I tried to do the next section with one of my friends. So we had a razor, we've been doing it with a razor, my four runner, um, and then my other buddies, a couple vehicles and no one else could show up. So just the razor and I, um, and this next section we tried to do, and our tallest point was like just over 10,000 feet. Um, it was bad. There was a lot it of snow cool. up there. We fully expected to get into the snow when we were going, but we didn't know how much we were going to get into. And we got into one point that was like three, four feet of snow. And I tried leading the way. I couldn't lead the way because I was just plowing snow. And he has better tires that could like dig and grip and everything. So I had him lead the way there was one section of it where he had to pull me for like three miles to try and get through it. It, it was bad. It was so deep. We th- were like, all right, we're going to give it until this point in the day. And if we don't make it to this peak, we're turning around and going back down. The, was it going to get any better? Cause I feel like no.
0: <laughs> it's like almost like suicide. Do you have service out there? Like what, what would you have done if you got stuck? Oh my God. Hike
1: back. There's we had zero service. Um, my buddy had a winch on his razor and, we had shovels (laughs) we we razors or those side
0: by sides are like amazing in the snow i I remember going up up north in michigan and uh one of our family friends just like ripped this thing no issues parked it ripped it um and they had like four or five feet of snow and it didn't even care so that's impressive and the fact that it could pull your thing through the through the snow is impressive in
1: itself. Yeah. It's, it's actually pretty crazy. We, we, we could like not hear, we could smell the the belt burning a little bit just with how hard we were working. So the point from where we started to the peak on the mountain was I think 30 miles and we made it 10 miles. Oh my God. Yeah. It was, it was rough, (laughs) but yeah, we got to a point. It was like four feet of snow. We had, I, I uh, kept getting my recovery strap out and was, you know, pulling myself out, pulling him out. We were both working back and forth. I was like on his side-by-side on a, on a hill pushing against it to like rock it back and forth to help him dig through this path on. So we were on this section. We had a hill on this side that I was like pushing against him to rock him back and forth. And then it was like a drop off here down the cliff. So it was a little stupid and it was a lot of fun. It was my favorite trip my favorite section of this trip so far just because of the snow the stupidity the the sheer joy that we had snow wheeling and you know he's he's the type of guy that i i hang out with a lot because him and i are very similar with the shenanigans we get into to say the least so i have to friendly. imagine that that you were cussing yourself out but looking back yeah, it was yes absolutely the best part absolutely I, th- we both thought about it, it's like this is the stupidest thing we could have done. We we talked about it for like the week beforehand. It's like, should we just wait until spring? Should we even try it? Is it worth it? Like, we know we're gonna get into snow and we know we're most likely gonna get stuck. Is it even worth it? And I was like, dude, that's part of the adventure. If we get stuck, we'll we'll winch through it, we'll turn around, we'll go back down, we'll bypass it. You know, I planned a couple routes to bypass it if we had to. No problem. But yeah, it was we were we were definitely. Cussing each other out for a little bit, just like, who's idea was this sort of thing, but are you gonna have any snow snow portions on this following weekend? We're hoping so. So we're going. There's one section down by Moab that we're we're gonna do, and the highest point on that is ten thousand two hundred feet, I believe. Um, So we're gonna go up on the peak of the mountain there. I don't know if there's gonna be snow because I was down in Kanab last weekend. Um, and Kanab was 80 degrees on Saturday, which is hot still for October. Um, so Moab is roughly around the same temperature. But we're going to be getting into a section that's farther south, um, up in the mountains, and I think the highest point of that is 10,700 feet, roughly. So between the two of those sections, I'm really hoping, like fingers crossed, that we get into snow. Um, I don't is know there, if it's going to happen. You learned
0: from your your previous
1: jaunt for that you're you're bringing or changing for this jaunt um so one thing one thing i did is i got a better recovery strap that's a a kinetic one so instead of like a solid two inch flat toe strap where it just jerks you um it's a kinetic rope where it stretches a little bit and then pulls so it doesn't just like you know bang your head back and forth and around um the other thing is we (laughs) my, my, my buddy with the razors, he's going to get brand new tires. So, or he said he was going to, I don't know if he's going to, but so he said he was going to put new tires on it that have better runner. traction. So we'll see. Um, but then other than that is shovels. Um, we have another friend coming at, at least one other friend coming. Um, so if we do get stuck or, you know, need to do recoveries or whatever, we'll, uh, pull each other out and help out. But, with it being the end of October, beginning of November, I I don't think we're going to run into so deep a snow that we're going to have issues. Because like I said, the first section we did was the end of October, beginning of November last year. And then the second section where we had all those issues was um, November after Thanksgiving. So a whole month basically to accumulate three feet of snow. <laughs> so we should be good. I'm I'm, I'm crossing my fingers that we'll make it through just fine, but worst case scenario, we'll power through the pain. I love it.
0: Uh, and then you you had to like – this was a whole weekend, right? So you
1: had to camp through some of this? Did you have to camp in that snow? No. Um, actually, so the, the first night we, we drove up there, um, and we didn't get there until kind of late, and we just slept in the vehicles that night because it was zero degrees outside. And for Utah, zero degrees, it's not like Midwest zero degrees, how so you have the wind chill. so it's not as bad. Um, but it, for where we were located, it was, it was cold. Like, we basically slept with our cars running most of the night um, okay. to keep, keep the heat going. But then the second night where we took a bypass from that snowy route and then came down a different section, um, we got down closer to, like, the desert, more of a desert area. Um, so I think it was probably 40, 50 degrees out at night. I slept in, we slept in our tents, so no issue with that at all. The first night was cold, but the second night was just fine. So since uh, for the listeners, he mentioned
0: Michigan Tech a couple times. That's where we both went to college. And uh, there was, our fraternity always did these camp outs. So in the spring, fall, winter, whatever, we'd all meet up at a location, have, have a big bonfire in the middle of the woods and just hang out. Uh, Sometimes we'd shoot shotguns. I don't know. Gorgeous, gorgeous Upper Peninsula, Michigan. Um, There was a handful of us who had snowmobiles up there. And at one point we went to, I don't remember the location, but we all snowmobiled or drove to this location and we get there and there's these mounds of snow everywhere. And we're like what this is weird and we found out they're all igloos igloos you walk around and there's a hole in the side of each one and we just we had no idea what happened but we assumed that one of the adventure clubs went out there the weekend before and spent all day building these igloos and there they were they sat they were standing you jump on them they're totally secure and there was a big yes. one that had a pillar in the middle and uh me aaron and my brother We brought stuff to camp because we always did. We figured it wouldn't happen because it's winter. But we ran into these igloos and we said, you know what? Screw it. Let's let's try camping out in these things. And. uh, It was actually really comfortable. You get in there, you get a little bit of body heat. And uh, yeah, we slept fine through the night. I slept in my full snowmobile gear My my idiot brother. He's like, it's warm. He stripped down to his underwear and then woke up. Sure enough, in the middle of the night, freezing his ass off. Uh, But yeah, I. I was talking about tech and the freaking snow that that made me think
1: of that. Um, That's pretty sweet. I've always wondered what it'd be like to sleep in an igloo because from, from what I've heard or seen or whatever, it's like the, the snow basically is a good insulator. And obviously you're saying like the, your body heat kept you warm. It probably got down to below freezing temperatures and you were still mostly comfortable the whole time. Right. I was fine. I was in my pool
0: except for Lance. Yeah. But that's just hilarious. Yeah. I was comfortable. It was a little like, uncomfortable being on the snow or like the 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 rocky snow or whatever but yeah that was that was a neat experience um that's
1: an experience but, that you'll never forget too that's that's pretty no, cool i bring that up all the time and we didn't even have to do the hard work of, of building building it. <laughs>
0: but but that doesn't make me want to build an igloo like that that's where my mind goes
1: hey you, um, have, you have two kids don't you yeah your your igloo time is coming soon we'll put them to work (laughs) no 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 you're you're working they
0: they can't Uh, do all the work i gotta do it for them they're 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 two young girls so i have to i have to treat them like ladies well that's cool i'm uh i will be reaching out when you finish that that trip that's uh that's a cool one doing like what'd you say 800 miles
1: yep is it literally the tip
0: of utah to the south of utah
1: yeah, it's just about. So this is actually there's a, a big trail section um, or trail. What do you call it? Um, connect. There's a lot of connections. So this it's called the the Backcountry Discovery Route. It was originally created by like uh, the adventure bikes or or enduro bikes or whatever you want to call them, where they're traveling around on on a dirt bike that can be on okay. the street or off road, but then they have like the the saddle bags and the luggage mm-hmm. and everything. So these trails were originally created by them. They have them through Oregon, Idaho, Washington, like basically all the Western states. They have uh, a trail through almost every single one of them, um, which is actually pretty cool. So we, I, f- I found out about this at some point last year. Um, I think randomly through social media, I scrolled across it and I was like, oh, this is cool. I want to get some guys to do it. And then you know, we're about to do our last section next week but we're actually planning on doing the one through Oregon next year. So we're going to take 10 days of vacation and do the whole trail through Oregon. We're going to run up the coast and camp on the coast and maybe do some fishing or surfing or hiking or something like that. But yeah, so me finding this trail system through random social media is leading us to a whole nother adventure a year away from now. And I think that's really cool. Um, I have some friends that I didn't even think would be interested in doing it with me, but I was like, Hey, this is what I'm going to do this year. Do you want to join me? They, they said yes. And now they're wanting to do more. So I was like, this is, this is cool. So
0: that's awesome. Yeah. The things that I'm hoping to learn through this podcast are like, like that. I had no idea that that existed, but now it's something that I want to do. Like that sounds awesome. Um, well, cool. Yeah. I good luck. I hope you don't get stuck.
1: Well, I hope I get a little stuck. There's a little bit of fun in getting stuck, I'll be honest. Yeah. It, it adds it adds to the adventure. I, I make I make the YouTube videos of our trips, and if I don't get stuck, you know, it's not as fun. It's it adds maybe. a little part to it. A low quality video.
0: <laughs> I uh I uh saw that you did something recently, or maybe it was last year, I don't know, on social media where what do they call it we we call it tarzan swinging where you jumped oh. off the cliff through a crater i don't even know can you explain where that came about and what what made you decide to do that
1: yeah so it's it's called the moab rope swing is is the company that runs it um you can literally just google moab rope swing and their, their name will pop up um like I don't even remember how I found it. I think it was through a random Instagram reel or picture that I found, and I was like, "Holy crap, this is cool! I'm doing this. This is badass." Um, so I reached out to their one of the guy. Actually, it wasn't even the company that did it at the time. Um, it was just a random, random friend of the company that did it, and I was like, "Hey, what do I got to do to, you know, sign up for this or, or?" you know, who do I reach out to, to try and schedule something? And he led me to them. Um, so I tried inviting a couple of my friends to come out there and do it with me. But so this, this rope, this rope swing, they've had it in a different location in the past, but the last year when I did it, it was, um, I think 30, 40 minutes West of Moab. Um, it's, they have, it's, it's really cool. They have a lot of, um, redundancies for it. So it's like very safe and secure. Like they walk you through all the safety things, but it is like a 200 to 300 foot rope swing that you're, you're jumping off a cliff and trusting this rope and this harness to hold you as you're jumping and falling. And it is, is if you've ever gone skydiving, um, it's a very, very similar feeling to skydiving. Like you get to a point where you're free falling and then all of a sudden the rope will it'll catch you and it'll pull you. And it's, it's not even like a a jerk. Well, it's not even like a jerky moment (laughs) where it'll like catch you and flip you or something if you do it right. So the first time I did it, um, I, I jumped twice. So the first time I jumped, they're like, yeah, Jordan, just, just jump like three to five feet off the cliff, off the edge of the cliff. Um, and you'll be good. And most people that they run into, they're more nervous to, to jump off the cliff than excited. Um, So they have to like put a hand behind your back and guide you as you're running or walking off there to make sure you actually jump. Because if, if you don't jump, you're potentially going to hit the cliff right behind you as you're going down. So it's a, it's a safety thing for why they do it. Um, But anyway, so the first time I did it, I was super stoked. I was, I was adrenaline rush. I was having, I was having a great morning. I was so excited, so amped up. Um, and they're like, yeah, just jump like three to five feet off. And I got a little too excited. And I think I jumped, you know, somewhere between like eight to 10 feet off. I just took a running jump and jumped or running start and jumped. Um, and I just jumped straight off, like ran and jumped. And I got to the point where, you know, the rope was catching and it flipped me upside down and it pinched my nuts in between the rope and the harness and that was extremely painful. Um, but like the whole time you're free falling, it's just exhilarating. It is absolutely amazing. And I, I would recommend it to anyone. If you can, if you can skydive, if you have any sort of like adrenaline factor, even if you don't have an adrenaline factor and you want to experience something new, this is one of the easiest ways to do it because, they explain the safety. They explain how everything works. They watch you and help you as you're like getting in your harness and clipped in and everything. Um, and the free fall feeling is just so cool. And then it, if you do it correctly, not like me and get excited and jump too far. If you listen to them, you kind of pressed um, down. Yeah, it, 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 that's, it's exactly. It's so it's like a, it's like a pendulum, how a pendulum swings. It's just so smooth and gradual that it just like rocks you back and forth. I was hooting and hollering the whole time I was down there. You're not getting pinched. Yeah, well, that was after the fight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I've actually yeah. gone skydiving, and I it was for my buddy's 18th birthday, and I told him I have to go first because I don't like free fall. <laughs> and I swear to God, I blacked out when the guy started strapping himself to me. And then when I came to, he was counting down and we're hanging out the window. Like, my brain just oh, went really? to autopilot. And then I was like, oh, we're falling now. And, so uh, were,
1: were you awake or before you blacked out? Like, you remember the plane ride up there? Or did you black out, like, on the plane ride before they opened the door?
0: I remember everything until he started grabbing me and holding me up. Oh, and I remember funny. doing it, but, like, my brain was in autopilot. I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, we're going. Awesome. And it was cool. Chelsea's also been skydiving on a different occasion. Um, I think she'd do it again. I, I would struggle to do, to do it again, but she, we also, when, uh, we went to Costa Rica and they did this thing called the Tarzan swing. And it's similar to that where you, uh, you have two points and you, you swing on a pendulum, but what they do is they drop you below a bridge and they, they have a pin and they literally just pull this pin. And then that's, that's like when you, you disconnect and fall. Oh so you
1: you don't have like your own say in it it's whenever they want it Yeah to laugh,
0: so. My, I was I was lame I walked to the top and looked and I was like no and, and and it was it was that it was because I had no say in it and I can't imagine just sitting there like waiting Wait I don't like the demon drop I do not like that or not the demon drop the uh, power tower at Cedar Point where they drop That's- you
1: That's actually what I was just going to bring up. It's like, it's like going to the amusement or the, the uh, amusement parks or whatever, where you go on this, but you have no idea when they're going to drop you. And that's part of it. (laughs) That's the thrill, you know? (laughs) Uh,
0: Oh, I mean, I don't know. She, I have a video of her doing it because I went down and watched and oh my God, just like blood curdling screams. It's, and she's trying to run the whole time. Oh, You'll so, have to
1: send me this video later. I actually, or share it at some point. I really want to see this now. Oh, <laughs> I don't good. think I've seen Fantastic. that. Either. She's t- she's tougher than me in that regard. So uh props to her. um I think the, the first time I went skydiving, I went here in Utah actually with my best friend and a couple other people, and the so I was the first person to jump out. It was like a a small Cessna so you can fit five people in there total, the pilot and uh, t- two tandem jumpers and you know, and that's it. So as soon as this, the, the guy opens up the door, I look back at my buddy and you could see it in the video that I got. And I was like, "This <laughs> is like, we're doing this. <laughs> this is happening. <laughs> and then I, as we were falling, like it's such a, it's such a cool feeling. Like it is. If, if you've ever experienced, if you've never experienced free falling, I would recommend it because Obviously, there's risks involved, but the free falling experience is something you don't get very often. Like, it's it's a whole different experience, and free falling from the rope swing to be caught so smoothly like that—that's even more reassuring. Like, you're not going anywhere. You're good.
0: Yeah, I, I'm sure you went to to uh, Cannon Falls all the time to cliff jump in college. And oh yeah, I would say like the difference between cliff jumping and uh skydiving was when you skydive you have like those first 10 seconds of eh, five seconds of panic where you're just like your body's trying to adjust to what's happening and then once it adjusts it's just like your body accepted what's happening you can absorb it and then the next thing you know you know the pendulum catches you or you pull the you, you pull the parachute and uh that is just like bliss then you're just gliding to the bottom whereas uh with cliff jumping, you know, by the time you're experiencing that, you're already touching the water, and that's that's like fun in its own regard. Um, I don't know, Cl- yeah, cliff jumping, I love, I love the the thrill of that, but the the Tarzan swinging that's a little too much for me.
1: So I got two two things based off of that. So one, how many times have have you gone skydiving? Just the once? Just, just once, yeah. Okay, so I'll be honest, the second time is way easier and way better than the first time. Cause you already have that, that, uh, that feeling, you know what to expect. Like the, the free fall, the, the panic, the panic is gone. Like, well, I guess for me, maybe you with like your free fall feeling, you'd still be a little panicked, but, um, like the second time I did it. So that, that same weekend we did the rope swing. I had three other friends that came out to, to visit and do the rope swing with me. So we did uh, skydiving right after it. So the next day. And so we went from the rope swing to skydiving, but you go from a rope swing where you get caught to skydiving. It's still that same free fall feeling, but you already kind of have that feeling of what to expect. Like the second time, if you went skydiving next weekend, you would have a feeling for what it's like already. So it'd be a little bit uneasy, but a little bit more reassuring be like, all right, I got this. This is, this is a piece of cake now. You know what I mean?
0: I'd probably be wearing my, my daughter's pull-ups, you know,
1: just it, <laughs> your brown pants that day. Yeah, yeah. I Okay. Yeah. I I could probably
0: do it again, but I I yeah, it'd be it'd be something.
1: That, <laughs> that's great gonna to drag fun. you to do it.
0: As long as I go first, and if as long as I, I don't have to watch her jump out that window and get like a moment of like I'm free. Oh wait, I'm going after. her No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> she's gone. No, I'm kidding. Uh, nice. yeah. If I went first, then I then i'd probably be fine gotcha but, no that's cool i uh that that video of you doing that tarzan swing is wicked
1: it was uh, awesome so this the second time i the second thing i had for it was the second time i jumped like i already knew what to expect and i knew not to jump you know eight feet out there um, mm-hmm. but the second time i was like can i like dive off of it or can we do flips or like what are what are our limitations like you don't have limitations like if you're comfortable doing it do whatever you want i was like okay i didn't know how to comfortably do a flip off of it with a rope hanging on me i was worried that the rope would get like tangled up on my leg or an arm or something and then when you know i wasn't gonna flip so i just like swan dived off of it and it basically was the same feeling as skydiving so that's what that's what i was getting into like the that whole free falling that the second time I did it, where I just like swan dive off of there, I was like, it's so graceful, so peaceful. It was <laughs> amazing. And then I got to the bottom and it would just like catch me and slowly roll me over and just rocking back. Oh, it was, it was amazing. It is so cool. It's, I'll, I'll be honest, it's a little pricey to do it, but for how many people they have go to do it and the expense of the ropes and the gear that they have, like it's, it's totally understandable the, the price that it is. Um, but yeah, it is 100% worth it. It is such a good time. So, when you come out, when you and Chelsea and the kids come out to visit in Utah, we'll uh, we'll take a trip to to Moab and go do the rope swing.
0: All right. Okay. I will I'll, I'll scream like a girl. Oh man. Well,
1: I I'll I'll, I'll I'll at least get Chelsea to do it. We'll we'll do it we'll do it once and then you'll you'll walk. well, no, that's different though. It's the same thing as skydiving. You have to go first. That's what you're saying, right? You got to go first.
0: If I I can control it,
1: I think I'll be fine. I think I'll be fine.
0: (laughs) We'll see. see. What what else you got from your, uh, your move out to Utah? I think you wanted to tell me about this, this one hike you did. Oh my gosh.
1: I'm blanking on it. You said you drove like 10 hours to go to. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. That was just this year. Of course. Mount Whitney. Yeah. I totally forgot about that. That is one of my, I think one of my biggest accomplishments in life. Um, by far one of the i can't i I can't really say by far one of the coolest things i think i've done a lot of cool things in my life that i'm very proud of but um so i had two friends that are very good mountaineers and backcountry skiers and snowboarders and they do a lot of mountaineering where they're going up on the mountain with ropes and crampons and ice axes and everything Um, they got this idea to go hike mount whitney and one it's of in my California, guys, one, California, right? Yep, yep. It's in California. It's on the, it's like the south, southeastern side of California, um, roughly. I just the um, map. It
0: looks like it's just west of Las Vegas.
1: Yeah, yep. Yeah, it, it's like I think it's like three, four hours west of Vegas. Okay. Um, something along those lines. I can't remember. Um, yeah. So my my friends asked if we wanted to go hike Mount Whitney, and I said absolutely. This is. I've never hiked a 14er before, and I've always wanted to do it. Why not start off with the tallest one in the contiguous 48? Like, oh, you yeah. know, yeah. trial by fire. Here we go. Um, yeah, so we packed up my forerunner. We had five people in my car and all our gear. We put a Thule on top and a hitch rack in the back, um, all gear for five people, and then a couple of things for the guys that were flying in. Um, no, f- four people four people in my car. That's what it was Four people in my car. Um, anyway, so we drove from Richfield to the base of Mount Whitney, which is a 10 hour drive. And we got made dinner, um, repacked our stuff, made sure we were good to go, went to sleep, got about four hours of sleep. So we woke up at 12, 1230, um, in the morning and we, cause we wanted to get an early start. The The one guy that's done it before had a really rough time of doing it so he's like we should start sooner rather than later so we're not hiking at night the following day and having like in a complete exhausted time um so we started hiking at 1am um when i go on hikes like this i like to do oatmeal for breakfast because it's like the it's super simple it's easy tastes good and it's it's good calories and some protein you know all that good stuff for hiking and I wanted to try and poop before going hiking. I I couldn't poop, couldn't get it out. I just wasn't ready yet. Apparently. Um, and so we started hiking about 30, 40 minutes into the hike. I had to poop and I just had to hold it the whole time. Um, anyway, so I held, I held that poop in for 16 hours, which was not a fun time. I didn't want to poop on the mountain in the little bags that they gave you, because then I'd have to carry the little poop bag in my backpack for the rest of the trip. Like a dog. What? Like a dog. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was not in the mood to do that. So um anyway, we we hiked started at one o'clock in the morning. Um, we got to a certain point and turned around and we looked and the sunrise was just just amazing. It was one of the coolest sunrises I've ever seen in my life. Um, we had mountain all the mountains surrounding us that we were climbing on and then the flatland and then you could just see the sun coming up over the horizon and we took obviously took a bunch of pictures and videos and uh it's just just a gorgeous way to start the morning you can't go wrong with that um and we kept going a little further um and we realized one of my buddies forgot his snacks or his food for the trail or the hike oh my we were on the mountain for 16 hours, and he didn't bring any food, so we basically all split up ours and shared it with him throughout the day. Luckily, most of us packed a little extra because we're, you know, better safe than sorry sort of people. We want to make sure we have enough rather than, you know, run out and be miserable. So he he left it back in the the bear, what is it called the the bear shelter food cabinet thing. Um, Anyway, so we're hiking and one of the guys kind of got off trail a little bit and he thought looking at his all trails that he was following the right path and he was not on the right path. So he was, he didn't put his crampons yet. None of us put crampons yet because it wasn't, we should have, but it wasn't as bad as we expected. We thought we'd be fine. Um, but we didn't put any crampons yet. Crampons are like, I was going to ask what's a crampon. <laughs> so I, I realized i by the look in your face. I could kind of tell. And I was like, Oh, I should explain this. Cause I didn't, I didn't know what crampons were until a couple months before this trip when I bought them. But so they're basically like spikes that go on the bottom of your feet. So you, you strap into your, your shoes or your, are strap, you're obviously wearing boots. You strap them over your, your feet and then wrap around your heel. And then they're just like spikes that hang down off your feet. So, when you're walking on deep snow or icy terrain or something along those lines, you'll keep your traction because you only get so much traction on icy ground if you're just wearing boots. So, hey, chill. So, instead of like uh, losing your traction, you're going to put crampons on that have like uh, one to two inch spikes on them that'll keep you grounded. Anyway, he didn't put his crampons on, went up this path, which is not the right path ended up sliding down like 50 to hundred feet and tore up his whole back because it was like early in the morning still before it got hot and softening the snow and everything. Um, so it was like the, the icy, sharp kind of rough type of snow and it just ate up his back. So he, we had to continue for the rest of the day. And like, we tried to take care of it a little bit and it wasn't, it wasn't to the point where it was like gushing blood or anything like that, but it was still one of the things that we had to keep an eye on. But yeah, so we kept going and we got to the base of the summit. Um, so the last section of Mount Whitney, there's a lake there was frozen over for us. Cause there's all the snow, but, um, there's a lake at the base of the summit. So the last like 2000 feet is like, a. I don't know. 30, 40 degree angle or something along those lines. So it's super steep. Um, It took us four hours to do just the last 2000 feet. Um, I can't remember how much elevation we gained before that, but it took us from 1 AM to 7 AM to get to this point, which is three quarters of the hike. And then the last quarter of it to the peak was four hours long just for that. Um, So it was like, I was taking five steps forward. I'd have to stop for 30 seconds to a minute to catch my breath. Cause we're at where were we at? We were at like twelve thousand five hundred feet or just under thirteen thousand feet when we started, sort of thing. Um so it's we're already
0: it was all hell too. And you know, yep. you just said it was like that steep. I don't I don't know.
1: Rough, yeah, roughly. And so it was like five steps forward, take a breather, five steps forward, take a breather. And it was it was exhausting. It was it was brutal. Like that, I was doing fantastic up until I got to that point. Like I, I spent two months on the stairmaster before this just tripped to try and prep for it. Like, was there anybody that was like clearly underprepared? No, actually, we're
0: everyone trained really good for it.
1: We had we had two guys. So both both guys were named Dan. One Dan is well, both Dan's are from the Midwest, but. One of the Dan's is one of the guys that does like all the mountaineering all the time, and he's really good at it. So he's always in shape um, for ultra running or ultra marathons, mountaineering, backcountry skiing, stuff like that. And then the other Dan is a a good rock climber, um, hiker, you know. Sp- stuff like that. But being from a low elevation without doing any sort of mountain like that, I was pretty surprised by how well he was doing. Um, but both Dan's were leading the pack the whole time, which was incredible. I was so proud of Yeah. So proud of Dan. Um, but yeah, so I, we got to the the top, the last section before we had to cross over a sketchy traverse. traverse. So we had to cross a uh, traverse that was like Uh, I'll say roughly, roughly that steep, and it was all snow down this way. So either you could hike up a piece that was straight, similar to this, um, with your crampons and ice axe, and it's straight up to the peak basically, or you take this traverse along the edge um, of that steep section, um, and only the one Dan that does all the mountaineering, who was the only one who wanted to go up that, the rest of us did this traverse, and for four, three of us, four of us that have never done mountaineering before. We were all pretty nervous about it. And we we're like super slow going because we didn't, obviously we didn't want to fall. Um, cause there's a steep drop off and then, uh, you know, rocky, awful terrain at the bottom of it. So if we fell, we, if we couldn't save ourselves with our ice axes, we would have fallen off a cliff basically, which is insane. Um, Yeah. So we made it across the traverse just fine. It was just like a slow one step at a time. Like take a step, put your ice X in, take a step, put your ice X in, like cautious moving the whole time, made it up to the peak. And my God, it was, it was amazing. I I cannot, I cannot tell you how amazing it is um, other than the fact that like I wanted to spend more time up there than we did. Um, We probably sat there for half hour, hour, ate our lunch or, uh snacks had a red bull and uh it was just beautiful seeing snow covered peaks 360 degrees um being the tallest point in like i said the low the contiguous 48 the lower 48 um it's just it was breathtaking like i wanted to spend more time up there and, and absorb the view and just be at peace and enjoy everything that we had to offer that is like the biggest accomplishment I've ever done It is super cool getting to the top peak and you know, anyway, but we decided to head back down. Um Obviously we had, you probably had to so you could, you know, make it before sundown. Yep. Yep. We we're, we we're actually um worried about a weather window. So there supposedly there was supposed to be a snowstorm coming in. So we were a little cautious. It was supposed to come in like an hour or two after we got to the peaks So like, we should make it down um before, or we should make it down the sketchy part before the storm rolls. And luckily we did not have a single snow or rain issue at all during the, during that trip. But I think my favorite, other than, other than the views um, that we saw at the top, my favorite part was like on our way down through that, that steep section. And then most of the way down the rest of it, um, the two guy, two of the guys uh, brought skis and a snowboard. So they snowboarded down it. And so they they were down. They
0: hiked all that with a ski and snowboard.
1: Yep. So right before that sketchy traverse, they took their snowboard and skis off um, and just set them as, aside because the rest of it was like rocky. You couldn't snowboard it down, snowboard down it anyway. But yeah, they carried their skis and boots and snowboards up that whole way. And, you know,
0: th- I've that's, hiked, that's what like like, I've hiked a, a backcountry ridge in Colorado. And like, I know how out of breath I was in my full snow gear carrying snowboard boots and a snowboard I yeah. like I can't imagine doing doing that hike carrying all that crap
1: that's that's bonkers exactly so they they got so the the top the tallest peak on or Mount Whitney the tallest point is like 14,500 feet roughly so they probably dropped it off at thirteen nine or 14,000 feet or something so they didn't have to carry it the final section but yeah they carried it all the way from our campsite to the top uh, almost the wow. time, but yeah, they they so they got to snowboard and ski. It was all worth it. They got to snowboard and ski down. They were down to our meeting point in like twenty minutes, thirty minutes, something like that. Um, And for the four of us that didn't bring them, the my second favorite part other than the views was we just sat on our butts or glissaded down, and we just you know rode straight down the the steep spot, and then the rest of the snow was. It was so much fun. It was exhilarating just being able to slide down a mountain on our butts. Like that was, that was cool to be fourteen thousand feet in the air, and then all of a sudden we're at twelve thousand feet in less than thirty minutes. When it, it took us, like months.
0: a little saucer, like a little kid saucer or something
1: that would have been nothing to carry.
0: A that would have been machine. nice.
1: That would have been smart because uh, I, I was wearing what was I wearing? Sweatpants. I didn't have like nice pants to to go hiking in. So I I was in I was in shorts and sweatpants. I don't like wearing pants very often I, I told you that earlier is like in michigan i would, would wear my shorts and sweater in the middle of winter
0: he's not but, wearing pants right now in this
1: this video by the way <laughs> oh shoot <laughs> um but yeah so my my pants were a little wet afterwards but for for the four hour hike it took us to get to that from that steep spot it took us no 20, 30 minutes to get down it just by sitting on our butts and sliding down the whole thing. And it was super cool to be able to do that. And that was one of my favorite parts. I made a YouTube video out of it. And that was one of my favorite parts of it is like, I just held my GoPro um, right out in front of me. And then the four of us did like a a train as we were all sliding down it. And yeah, it was, it was cool. Um, The whole experience was amazing um i don't know if i'd ever h- hike mount whitney again because if it didn't have snow on it it would have made it a lot worse with some of the rocky terrain that mount mm-hmm. whitney has to offer um but by far the hardest i've ever worked for other than a college degree that's a whole different type of hardworking but the, the hardest i've ever worked for a hike to accomplish something in my life um absolutely amazing views at the top like the reward was so worth it like we talk about we talk about pain and pleasure all the time and that pain was absolutely worth the the experience i had um we all got down to the bottom after a long day of hiking we we uh i i had a beer one beer i'll take it was one beer and i was instantly intoxicated <laughs> i was like all right guys i'm ready for bed let's go to bed um I think we all slept for, we all slept for probably 10 hours. Like none of us, none of us woke up before eight or eight or 9am the next day. Um, but yeah, when the next day we, (laughs) we woke up and the, there's a stream that runs down right alongside Mount Whitney, which is just the cold water running off of the snow and took a nice ice bath in the morning and kind of rejuvenated the, the sore legs and feet and ankles and everything else. But man, that, that is a trip of a lifetime that I, I will never forget. The, like I said, the hardest I've ever worked for something in my life and best memories that I've ever had. Just super cool experience. I love it. Do you, do you have any,
0: uh, I guess other mountains that you're planning on climbing now that you've done that one?
1: Yeah, I, I was going to go over to, to Colorado. Um, for the 4th of July this past year and do there's, there's three, I think three peaks that you can do like in a row. They're basically like right next to each other. You climb up one and then you can kind of traverse the, the, the ridgeline. Yeah. 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 Get over there. Um, so I was going to do those and some other things came up and I just couldn't do it, but um, I want to do the, the maroon bells in Colorado for sure. That is one of the coolest places I think I've seen. Um, and then Capitol peak, which is what some people say is like the hardest one in Colorado. Um, but that's, it's on the list for next year, but there's a lot of trips I have to do next year. So I don't know if it's going to make the cut or not. So we'll see that one's kind of up in the air. Yeah, man. It sounds like you're
0: just like jockeying trips against each other. That's, that's a great spot to be in. Enjoy it. Enjoy it while you're single. And, uh, I don't know if you're single. (laughs)
1: single single don't have well i have a dog so it's kind of hard sometimes to do things with him but he enjoys most of the adventures we go on like the off-roading um it's very entertaining for him because he he runs alongside for parts of it too so but yeah no no i'm gonna enjoy all of it as long as i can while i don't have a a girlfriend a spouse or kids so it's 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 nice,
0: you know. The kids unlock a whole nother
1: another level of high quality adventures, high quality fun. Yeah. Look, however, you know, like you said, you got kids. That's a whole different level. Now you got hiking short distances with your kids, and eventually it'll become the long distances. And maybe someday you will. Well, maybe someday your kids will take you on a big hike. You might not want to take them on a big hike, but they might be taking you on a big hike, taking their old man yeah exactly
0: <laughs> well awesome man i think this is a, a great spot to end it i i loved this um i know you you've been talking about all the videos you've been making i've been following you on instagram just kind of checking out everything you've been doing do you want to you want to go ahead and tell the audience about yourself and uh you know where they can find you if they're interested
1: Yeah. um, So I have my main Instagram page that I post like all my personal adventures and adventures with friends and um, just some random stuff. Jordan.s.vc. Jordan Jordan Van Kelster is my name. Um, I also made a page for my forerunner because I take a lot of adventures with that and I've been modifying it as I go throughout the adventures. Um, Hopefully, maybe someday I can work with companies to grow it even further and you know, maybe make some money off of it. Who knows? Um, so that's, that's naughty, uh, underscore T four runner. Cause it's my car's nautical blue. So, uh, but I also, I also make YouTube videos. Um, the main reason I started making YouTube videos was so like pictures don't do anything justice. You can only see so much from pictures. So I was like, I, I take a bunch of videos of stuff that I'm doing, but I don't really post all the videos. Um, So I started doing YouTube videos so I can share it with mainly just my family. Um, and now I'm, you know, eventually kind of picking up with other people, random subscribers, random people that'll see it. So if you want to look me up on YouTube, I post a bunch of videos of the adventures I do, the off-road stuff, the hiking. Uh, my parents came out here for a week and I took a video of every single national park that we did. And then the other two or three places we've gone to. So, um, yeah, just a just a whole bunch of stuff.
0: Awesome, awesome, and we'll include all those links in the uh, in the you know the description that we add to this. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I had a great time. I hope you did too.
1: Uh, it was great. It was great talking to you. I haven't talked to you in a while, other than random messages back and forth. So it's it's good actually having a conversation about adventures and life and everything. Hell yeah! All right, we'll catch you later. Bye.